it's time for Sales with Sully. Your host, Scott Sullivan, brings his 30 years of sales and marketing experience to you, the sales professional, addressing your questions from Twitter to help you be better at reaching your goals. This is a weekly show that happens right here on InspiredNewsRadio.com. And now your host, Scott Sullivan. Good afternoon and welcome to Sales with Sully. This is Scott Sullivan, your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. Long-time listeners that have been giving me feedback on a regular basis on Twitter. That is at Sales with Sully on Twitter. I really appreciate it. You feel free to drop me a line on Twitter at Sales with Sully. Ask a question. Give me a suggestion for a topic. All kinds of great things that are happening on Twitter. That's how we communicate with each other during the course of the week. This week, I had a lot of comments around planning. One of the questions that I had from one of my listeners was, how much planning is the actual optimum amount that you should be doing for a sales presentation? I hate to tell you, and I hate this answer, but it depends. Uh, I hate that answer, but it is true. It does depend on how complex the sales presentation is, how complex the sales cycle is. There's a lot of lot of things that go into what makes up the answer for how much planning that you should do. This is one thing I do know for sure, though, that if you don't have a plan, then you will be f- further behind than your competitors. So this week on Sales with Sully, we're going to talk about planning. Some of the things that I've learned over the years in my 30 years in sales and marketing career, but we're also going to talk about some of the things that you already know and that are intuitive to you and you should be implementing on a regular basis. And maybe you just need that little nudge to remind you. The first thing that we should talk about planning is sort of the overall umbrella. The word planning is one of those that has a, (laughs) it's a, it's one of those unique words that if you said to someone, I need you to to describe to me what planning is, you would probably get, if you asked 100 people, you'd probably get 90 different answers. So in one of my seminars, one of the things that I do is I pass out an index card. And I give the index card to everyone in the audience along with a pencil. And I say, on this side of this index card, please draw me a picture of fruit. That's all I say. Just picture of fruit. So you can imagine what those pictures look like. You get some bananas, some oranges, you get bowls of fruit, you get a variety of different pictures. So all of them are correct, right? I just was told them to draw fruit. I say, now turn the index card over. Okay. Now on that back side, I'd like for you to draw a banana. And guess what? I, now, although the, <laughs> there are varying degrees of types of artists, <laughs> I bet you that you would guess that most of the of the drawings are, are pretty similar. So they all start to look like a banana. Because I was more specific in my communication, I was actually able to get a little bit better results in what I was asking for. That's one of the things that I talk about in planning. I talk about during my uh, seminars that I hold for uh, sales professionals all over the world, I say things like, uh, let's talk a little bit about planning. What's your definition of planning? You pick somebody out of the audience and they'll give you this detailed definition of what they think planning is. So I'll give you my, my background. My father's idea of planning was, let's make sure there's some gas in the car. And my mother's idea of planning, <laughs> well, it was... 
how many miles we're going to drive that day, which direction are we going to go, is there any road construction, should we know how many bathroom breaks we should take, what hotels are we going to stay at when we get there on that particular night, uh, is that reservation made, how many restaurants are close by, and do they you know, ha- take reservations for that night. So the degrees and levels of planning can be so wide and so varied that it's important that you think about it a little bit. But one thing I do know for sure is you have to have a plan right? You have to have a plan. So let's start with the end game. I usually tell people uh, in my coaching sessions and my seminars is let's start at the end and work backwards. Where do you actually want to be at the end of the plan? Now, most people would say, okay, well, that doesn't make sense, Scott. Where do you want to be at the end of the plan? A lot of us now call it a goal. What is the goal of the plan that you are actually trying to achieve? What is the goal that you're trying to do? Let's say this. Right now, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to think about a goal for planning. What is your goal? Write down your goal. Yes, I said write it down. Now, if you're listening to this uh, broadcast in your car, obviously we don't want you to uh, <laughs> pull off to the side of the road and and take an exercise, but just kind of think about it in the back of your mind. What would you be writing down if I asked if someone asked you to write a goal or uh, the beginning of a plan? Write it down. And yes, the reason I say write it down is because once you write it down and apply effort to it, it becomes a goal. If you just think about it or you talk about it, it's a wish or a dream. But you have to write it down and apply effort towards it. Then it becomes a goal. Now what I want you to do with that, with that goal is I want you to actually read it aloud three times to yourself. Say it aloud. You know, I want to help a thousand people become better sales professionals by July of 2019. So you just say it aloud. I want to help a thousand people become better sales professionals by July of 2019. Do that three times and you're now starting to train your brain. Now let's talk a little bit about that goal. So now you've just written a goal. Let's let's talk a little bit about that specific goal. Is it actually specific? Do you have a written goal that says, okay, I want to do this at this certain time? So yes, mine is specific. I want to help 1,000 people by July of 2019. So I actually have a goal and it is specific. Okay, Um, is it measurable? Again, it's a thousand people. That would be easy to track. So I could put down a thousand people. Uh, Today I have, uh, you know, 400 people in this seminar, and that's going to go towards that thousand. And so, yes, it's easy to track and it is measurable. Is it actually achievable? Is it something that you can actually do with your current skill set? I'm going to say yes, mine is achievable with my current skill set. If you asked me to fly a 747, I would say no, that's not uh, achievable right now in this particular place and time in my skill set because I don't have that education yet, but it would be a series of smaller goals to get there. Okay, makes sense. Is it relevant? Is it relevant to the bigger goal that you have in mind? Is this goal, does it fit in with the rest of the things that you want to do? Yes, it does. And does it have a time frame or a reference to time around it? Yes, it does. By 2019, by July of 2019, I want to have achieved my goal. So I have a goal that is specific, measurable, 
achievable, it's relevant to what I'm doing, and it's got a time frame around it. Wow, guess what? That's called a SMART goal. S-M-A-R-T. So now I've started my plan with a SMART goal. I actually have a goal, and I have set it out as to where I want to get to the end. I know where I want to be at the end game, and I've created the first part of that, which is now a SMART goal goal. It's specific, measurable, achievable, relevant to everything that's going on, has a time frame around it, and it has become a SMART goal. So now we know what we have as far as a plan is concerned. Now I want to talk about the visualization. You have to visualize the success that you are going to achieve. I want you to think about it. I want you to picture what it looks like when you get there. If your goal is to sell something, to close a deal, to what does that look like? How is that visualization for you? This is all part of planning, and it's really important that you plan for success. A lot of people plan for failure, which you need to have a plan for that too. We call that a plan B or a backup. But you also need to plan for success. What happens if you walk in and the customer is already ready to go and he says, yeah, you know, I've been doing a lot of research online. Scott, that really looks great. Let's get started. Uh, well, that wasn't part of my plan. Hang on a second. Let me pull out my PowerPoint because I want to give you a 30-minute presentation as to why you should be doing that. Now, none of us are going to do that, right? <laughs> okay, so plan for success. Have the visualization. And remember, this is what I tell people all the time, details matter. The details matter. Write down those little fine details. Make sure that you understand as much as you can because every one of those little sub-goals that we set can also have an entire new planning structure around those, right? So getting to point A from point A to point B is one thing. Packing before you leave, that's another. Uh, making sure that the car is maintained, that's another. There's all these little subsets and goals that have to be achieved, which is all part of the planning process that feed into the larger stream or river. So I, I talk about it being like little rivulets and streams and feeder creeks that finally flow into the Mississippi River river or flow into the Ohio River where you have all these little uh, tributaries that are bringing all this information in and it finally flows into one big giant uh, set. So so as part of the planning, make sure that you're picking up all of that information. So start with the big. Think of an inverted pyramid. Start with the big, the big, huge, giant rocks in the stream, and then just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller until you have each of the details. Now, I also tell people that when they're doing their planning, what are your exit strategies? What are your exit ramps? How are you going to get off of this plan and on to another one if things change drastically? So part of your planning is also to think about you know, what's the exit strategy for this particular plan? What's the positive strategy? So if the customer does decide, you know, we're going to move further along than what we planned for, what do we do then? And the last thing that uh, we talk about a lot in, in, in the planning process is it needs to be able to adapt and be modifiable. You need to be able to adapt the, the process, not only live on your feet, but you need to be able to do it so that when you come back and you look at it and you review uh, the notes for what happened at that particular presentation or that particular sales call or whatever it happens to be that you were planning for, 
then where you know what what did I learn from that what were my key takeaways and how can I modify my plan so that it'll work better the next day Right? That makes all sense. I think that makes sense to everybody. I think you probably understand. So we're just going to set a goal. We're going to start big and we're going to move to small. We're going to think of it as that inverted pyramid or the funnel as a lot of people call it. But here are some, some big key chunks that I want to talk to you about. So are you an expert in your field? So planning in general can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So let's let's talk about the planning as a macro in a great big huge giant picture. As most of you know that listen to my show for years and years, I've been in the solar industry for a, a, a long time, 20 plus years. I consider myself to be an expert in the solar industry. I know a lot about the solar industry. And a lot, I know a lot about the not only the market, but also how it's sold, the different types of you know technical levels. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with all those details here, but I consider myself to be an expert. So what do I do on Sunday night? I ask people this all the time. If I can tell what type of salesperson you are, are by where you are and what you do on a Sunday night. Monday morning is our, our first time to interact with our, our business associates and our contacts, usually between 8 and 5 or 6 o'clock every day on your particular time zone or maybe in one of the time zones closest to you is about all that you have when you can actually you know legitimately reach out and talk to a customer, to a, a buying, you know, someone with a buying authority, somebody that you can actually sell to or talk to that could have the, have the possibility of buying. So what are you doing Sunday night? Are you planning and prepping for Monday or are you sitting and watching the game or are you trying to do both? Are you an expert? What's sitting on your nightstand right now? Do you have a, for like me, is it a a copy of uh, Solar Power World? Is it a copy of, you know, the latest solar trade magazine? Is it a copy of maybe a technical manual on how solar works or maybe the new trend in, uh, you know, storage and energy storage? So those are the types of things that keep me as, you know, current as possible. What websites am I going to? How am I spending my my off-selling hours? And how am I getting better and staying uh, ahead of the curve so that I can be an information source? If there's something happening globally, maybe there's, uh, as we all know, some of the things going on in politics, maybe there's a new tariff, maybe something's changed in the pricing structure, maybe there's a shortage of silicon. So all of a sudden, you know, pricing is changing, or there's some hurricane in some part of the world that's changing uh, some other part of, you know, sucking up a lot of the panels because a lot of them got destroyed uh, in a storm or something. These are things that helped to keep me uh, informed and ahead of my competition. So my planning on Sunday night is very important. So, so part of what I'm saying to you is that planning is not just writing down who you're going to see, what you're going to say when you get there, but it's an overall macro experience. What do you do on Sunday night? Are you a leader within your industry? Do you know the last three CEOs of the top companies in your industry? Those kind of things. Are you reading those reports and going to those particular websites? 
Those are the things that I'm talking about when I say, how much planning are you actually doing? So I know that sales has a lot of an, of an intuitive feel to it. You have this, uh, you know, they say fly by the seat of your pants kind of feel. Uh, there, and there is a lot of intuition in being a, a really good salesperson. But there also, can, can you imagine if you took somebody with that kind of intuition and that kind of what we call talent and then added on top of it planning and training and expertise and working together in, in a, a team, what you can achieve. Now, all of a sudden, you have, you know, levels of depth that you can't even imagine. And it all based, it's all based on just a little bit of planning. So let's just recap just for a second. Make sure you have a written goal as part of your plan. Write it down. Post it. Read it aloud. Train your brain so that you know what that goal is. Break that goal down into little teeny subsets. Invert that pyramid so that the big stuff's at the top. Those big rocks are in the stream. And then get smaller and smaller and smaller. No detail uh, is too small because details do matter. So make sure you have your visualization. Look at and see what the end game is. What does it look like to win? What does that PO look like? What does that order look like? What does the day look like when you actually win that business? You know the old saying, they say, how do you eat an elephant? It's like, you know, one bite at a time. <laughs> That's the, the old joke. Well, what I like to say to people is, how do you sell a mil million widgets? One order at a time. So whether that order is for one million widgets or for one widget, you have to get to the first one first. So make sure that you're planning and working through it. And then after you get through all of that, make sure it's adaptable, right? Make sure that you know how to modify that plan on the fly. And in, you know, if you have to scrap it and start all over, what's that look like? And then the last thing is we talked about before is in the big macro sense of the word, what are you doing to be that leader? What are you doing to be the thought leader? Are you spending your time on uh, things that aren't as important as building your reputation and your expertise within the organization? Do you have a mentor? Are you mentoring to someone else? I had a student once that told me that he never learned so much as when he actually started training to teach someone else because you you start to feel like you have to you know prepare and do all these things to get ready to teach somebody else and you end up learning a whole lot more yourself. So he said he never learned as much as when he prepared to teach someone else. So take on a mentor. Become a mentor for someone else and Work through that system because that also helps in your planning too. And then finally, like we talked about before, make sure that you have on this macro level all the things that you need to be successful. What are the tools and the things that, that make, it, make it work? Map it out. Write it down all the way through the process. Don't just do today's presentation or tomorrow's sales calls. Get it all the way through to the end of the process. So planning is important all the way through. Make sure that you look at it every single step of the way that you possibly can. And also spend as much time as you can writing it down and training your brain so that the, your brain knows it's not a wish or a dream. That all of these things you know come together. So what's the action plan? What are we going to start doing? 
The first thing I, I encourage you right now is become a thought leader. Start taking that Sunday night right before you go to bed. Take that hour before you go to bed on Sunday night to get ready for Monday morning. Get your planning and your preparation and all of that done before you get up in the morning. Because even then, if you get up just a few minutes late, you've already got all that planning done and it's ready to go. Be a leader. Be a thought leader. Send those emails out on Sunday night in the last you know, 15 or 20 minutes before you go to bed. Get your, get your house in order. Put all of your planning and your preparation ready to go. Know who your first phone call is going to be on Monday morning. Who's going to be when you turn that phone on for the first time and you slip that headset on, who are you actually going to call that first thing Monday morning? Don't do that planning on Monday morning because you're already behind the eight ball. And I hear people say all the time, well, you know, I get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and I try and get all my planning done before I... That's great. That's fantastic. You should do that. But start actually on Sunday night and you'll be that much more ahead of the game come Monday morning. Then when you get up at 6 o'clock in the morning... You can have your meditation, you can have your quiet time, you can have your cup of coffee or tea or whatever it is that you start your day with, and all of a sudden your mind is focused and clear and you're ready to go. So be a thought leader, do that planning on Sunday night. Make sure that you write the whole process down and make sure that every single one of your goals during your planning process are SMART goals, that they're specific, measurable, achievable, relevant to what you're doing, and they have a time frame associated with them. Okay? Well, I really appreciate the time that you have given me today. This is Sales with Sully. Every single week right here on the Inspired news radio channel that's inspirednewsradio.com i get to the privilege of hosting a show with you for a half an hour and we get to talk a lot about different sales processes and some of the things that are that are going on uh in the professional sales and marketing world if you want to participate in the show, if you want to send some information to me and let me know how your uh how these sales um with Sully programs are affecting you or impacting you in your sales profession, I would love to hear it. If you have a question or something else that you want to make a comment about the show, or if you just say, hey, um, you know, this is a topic I really would like for you to cover. I'd like to have some of your insight. You can reach me on Twitter, which is the easiest way. And of course, it's at Sales with Sully on Twitter. And then I'm on all the other social media platforms too. You can pretty much, you know, find me pretty easily. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, uh, you know, friend me on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. But the easiest and most effective way to get a hold of me is at Sales with Sully on Twitter. That's one of the easiest and quickest ways that you can participate on our weekly show. I want to thank the folks over at Inspired News Radio that every single week give me the opportunity to step into your listening device once, once a week to give you some insight. And I really love hearing back from you. So please don't forget to uh, send me a tweet at, at saleswithsully on Twitter because that is the easiest and, and best way to get a hold of me. So until next week, thank you very much. And this is Scott Sullivan, your host with Sales with Sully. You've been listening to Sales with Sully on InspiredNewsRadio.com. We take your sales and marketing questions each week on Twitter at Sales with Sully, hashtag INR, and like us on Facebook. 
On behalf of your host, Scott Sullivan, and the entire Sales with Sully team, thanks for listening, and see you next week.